Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, Bucknutters. Welcome to What We Learned Live after Ohio State's closer than what we wanted to see win over Penn State 44-31 in Happy Valley. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by you guys. I'll be joined here in a few moments by Jonah Booker. We'll hear from Jonah in about 15 minutes. Um, and then after post-game interviews live from Beaver Stadium, we will hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon. Let's break down some of the things that we learned. Uh, if you have questions, I will get to them uh, later in the show. Um, you guys want to start with the good or the bad? Let's start with the good, right? I mean, they did they did pull out. They showed grit, trailing in the fourth quarter, and they showed some grit to win that game. Um, all right, well, we learned that was uh, JT Tuimolo Al's coming out party, didn't we? My goodness gracious. And that was even before the pick six to, like, really put it away. It was really already, like, put away. So, um we learned that JTT, I know it's not really JTT, JT, let's just go with JT, even though Ryan Day himself calls him JTT, um, had his coming out party. And it's great to see that unbelievable, that interception that he had early in the game was just that he looked like a, I don't know, like a corner almost with the, his agility and his hands. So um, a lot of fun to see JT Tumaloal, you know, live up to the hype and then some. It's fun to see these guys come in as, you know, the number one player in the country or whatever, number one player at their position. And um, not only live up to the hype, but more than live up to the hype. So uh, really cool stuff. Good good to see that at a JT2 Wow, Fantastic to see it. Uh, so we're going to start with – don't worry, I'm going to get to the bad. I know. I'm sure I'm sure J-Book's going to come here uh, gu- uh, guns ablaze and talking about the bad, and, and rightfully so. Um and like we will give we will we will give Penn State credit too. You gotta give them credit. Uh, some of the other good. Um, how about Cade Stover? My goodness gracious, he just he just NFL tight end. Does he not look like a future like Travis Kelsey to you? Um, I'm not. I don't think that's hyperbole either. He just once he caught that ball at like the 15 or whatever it was, and there was Penn State like DBs there, and it was like good luck tackling him, and it was just like boom. Boom, boom, I'm going to bounce off you, I'm going to bounce off you, I'm going to bounce off you, and then touchdown, Cade Stover. Six receptions for uh, Stover today, 80-some yards, touchdown. Um, now has 24 receptions on the season. Uh, I don't say this lightly because there's been a lot of good tight ends at Ohio State, uh, you know, over the last, you know, just period. And not just over the last, like, 10 years, but period. Um, going back to when I was a little kid. You know, when they don't throw it to him, Ohio State has a good history of putting like really good tight ends in the NFL. But at least in the recent history, even with all the third round picks like, uh, you know, Nick Vanette and, and Jeff Hireman and Jeremy Ruckert, fifth round pick Luke Farrell. Uh, I think Kate Stover is the best of that bunch. And I, I, don't, I don't think any of those guys would disagree with me. You know, Jake Stoneburner is a guy that played in the NFL. Um, 
obviously before that, you know, we're going back way back now that not way back, but you know, Jake Ballard. I mean, there's just so many, you can just go on and on about all these tight ends that have played in the NFL. If we want to go way back, you know, Ricky Dudley was a first round pick. We go way back to my childhood. John Frank's the best tight end ever played Ohio state. Uh, he was a first round pick by the uh, 49ers. Um, Cade Stover's playing great. All right. We got to get to the bad. All right. The running game's anemic. They were able to get some, you know, that Travion was finally able to crack some late, you know, that big touchdown run in the fourth quarter. So they were finally able to wear them down and, and crack them a little bit late. But, man, that's two weeks in a row now where the running game has been anemic. Not, like, disappointing where it's like, it's got to be better. Like, anemic. Anemic. I'm sure a lot of you guys, I, I can't see the comments right now because I'm just doing this solo right now. I'll, again, I'll get your – if you have questions, like, kind of hold off for now if you don't mind. I don't mind you guys commenting and doing whatever you want. Um, but um, I'll get your I'll get to your questions later in the show for sure. Um, but running game completely anemic. It was anemic last week against Iowa, two point two yards per carry. And let's check the final stats here. How terrible was it tonight? I, I was just looking at it. I think I might was it even worse tonight? Yards per carry. No, it was better. Three point eight. Okay, because they got those. They the yeah. Okay, because they got the late boost late they got the late boost late um but still 3.8 yards per carry and here's the problem that i have against iowa you could say well they were selling out to stop the run and this and that like penn state to me didn't like i mean they're using a little bit more three linebacker looks than they did against michigan but they weren't doing that much different than they did against michigan and michigan could do whatever they wanted against this penn state defense ran for 400 yards and ohio state 3.8 yards per carry that's a concern okay if you guys know me, you know I love Ryan Day. I want to give that disclaimer for those that don't know me. Because that's the worst coach. I can't, and he's lucky, in my opinion. I don't know if lucky is the right word, that they won that game. I thought that was the worst coach game I've seen from Ryan Day. And I love Ryan Day. So, you know, that's that's a high bar. So, that's good. You win, you beat Penn State on the road by 13. And I'm saying that's your worst, worst coach game. But it was. I mean, it's like he couldn't decide what he wanted to do. Did he want to be aggressive? Did he want to be super conservative? He was super conservative, super conservative early. Um, settled for a 52-yard field goal where I thought he should, for sure should have gone for the first down on, on a fourth and sixth play. Ruggles is is usually pretty good from close in, you know, uh, and not even really close in, but under 50 yards. But, like, we've been told, like, you know, anything outside of 50 is getting a little sketchy. So you're going to try a 52-yard field goal instead of just going for it on fourth and six. Then at the end of the first half, I'm like, just take the points. And he decides to get cute and, and go for it. Now, that was mostly on Stroud. I'm sure Day told him, if it's not there, fire it out of bounds. But then you're leaving the ball in the hands of your young quarterback. Even though I know he's a Heisman favorite or one of the favorites. He's fantastic, but still very young quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Um, you're still leaving the, the the decision in his hands, and it was bad decision by Stroud. You either got to throw it quickly or do nothing. Like you can't just take a sack there. Um, but I thought it, there were six seconds left, so just a terribly coached ga- uh, game by Ryan Day, in my opinion, in the first half, and, and in part, and a lot of the second half too. Now they finally woke up. It seemed like when they wanted to go over the middle in the passing game, it was there. When they tried these like quick screen screens to the wide receivers that got stuffed all the time. Um, I don't understand like why they didn't just go over the middle more. I know you can't do it all the time, but it's like when they tried to go, didn't matter if it was the field or the boundary, when they, when they, when they tried to go 
horizontal instead of vertical. It was not working out well for them. They had that huge play at 37-yard pass to Marv on, you know, the first drive of the game. And it's like, when are you guys going to continue to do that? Like, um, did not like what I saw as far as indecision. Are you going to be aggressive or are you going to be conservative? It was like he kind of was getting in his own head. You know, Coach Day was like he, he was very indecisive about, you know, what was his game plan here? You're going to be indecisive. I mean, you're going to be aggressive. Okay. You're going to be conservative. Okay. I mean, pick one or the other. He went back and forth and it bit him every time, it seemed like. The anemic run game. I don't, I, you know, they, they better get that figured out because, you know, we know it's coming on, on November 26th. I've talked to all kinds of mess all offseason. It's going to be a bad day for Michigan. And I still believe it will. But um, this Ohio State, this is two weeks in a row I'm concerned about this running game. All right. We, we learned that there is a huge – football is a game of momentum. As you guys know, anybody who watched this game, there is a huge momentum shift to begin the second quarter. End of the first quarter, the final play, what happens? Mayan Williams gets hurt. Okay. Five-yard run sets up a third and one. It was really third and less than a half yard, really. I thought they should have measured that. It looked like he kind of he got the first down. Point is, um, and we'll get to Mayan's injury in a minute. It looked like he injured his wrist and his he re-injured his knee to me. Okay, so you go into the second quarter for Ohio State. You're up 10-0. You got a third and in inches. And I think the analytics on ESPN at the time had Ohio State like 93% win percentage or 95, something like that. And, um, you know, they're sitting there at their own, you know, what was it, the 34 and or 29, I guess it would have been because there was just a, uh, yeah, there was a touchback on a, on a uh, punt, not a kickoff. So they're sitting there at the 29, um, third and in inches, Ohio State's up 10 to nothing. If they get the first down there, that could be curtains right there. First play of the second quarter, right? What happens? They get knocked backwards. Travion Henderson gets knocked backwards, loses yards on third and in inches. Why the hell you're not doing a QB sneak there? I have no idea. You talk up Luke Whippler, and rightfully so. Do a QB sneak or do it's what some of these you know creative coaches are doing, which is it's not even creative anymore. Everybody's copying. It's copycat sport. Do a tight end sneak. Put Kate Stover under there. Have Mitch Rossi pushing him from behind or vice versa. Uh, what do you want to bet you're going to get three inches there? Instead, they get knocked backwards and have to punt. Okay? And then it looks like the defense is going to get it a three and out. Ohio State's still up 10-0. What happens? Tanner McAllister and J.K. Johnson whiff on a tackle. This dude goes 57 yards for a touchdown. Game on. And you can just feel it. It's like every other game at Happy Valley. Right then, 10-7 Ohio State, you're like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, they end up pulling it out. But you learn it's tough sledding every time the Buckeyes go there. Every time. Okay, we learned that um, Mayan got hurt. Again, I think it was both. They were trying to debate what it was. <laughs> Didn't look good. It looked like he re-injured his right knee to me. In fact, I, I don't even think I'm breaking news there. I, they He was literally like icing his knee on the sideline, they reported. So you're not hearing – I mean, I'm not reporting that. That's what Fox reported. He was literally like icing his right knee, which was the knee that was already banged up. Hopefully it's just a bruise. I don't know what's – I mean, it sounds like he had, he's got like a, a knee bruise to me, um, which isn't great, but it could be worse. You know, it doesn't sound like he's dealing with like a torn tendon or anything like that or anything like that. But um, also looked like he hurt his left wrist. We saw he was in like a sling after the game. Not good. 
because as much as I like Travion Henderson, and I thought Trey played well overall today, and I thought he, you know, has played great as a true freshman, and he's gonna have his best year as a Buckeye next year. It's kind of that J.K. Dobbins trajectory uh, that I see out of uh, Travion Henderson. Um, as much as I love Travion, Mayan's been the best running back on the team this year. Um, just my opinion, but mine's been the best, and that's a high bar for both of them. It's nothing against Travion. So hopefully it's not nothing serious with Mayan. Um, they didn't take his helmet away. He went to the locker room. Hopefully he's okay. But, man, that was a huge momentum shift to start the second quarter. It goes from 10-0 Ohio State. They're in complete control, third and in inches, chance to get that first down and go down and score and then really put the game away. Instead, all of a sudden it's game on. All right, more good things that we learned. Harrison and Harrison, let's talk about more good things. Um, we already talked about JTT, uh, JT Tuimoloau, um, the game of JT's life. But Zach Harrison continues to play well. I mean, this was JT's game, and he gets, you know, he, he's, the, he, he's the main man in this one. Uh, we already talked about Cade Stover, for those that are just tuning in. But um, Marvin Harrison, my goodness, Marvin Harrison. You know, Joel Klatt keeps saying, like, you know, in five years he's going to be the best wide receiver in in uh, the NFL. It, it, doesn't it look like that? I mean, this guy, what doesn't he have? Too bad he doesn't have the bloodlines, right? Um, it's my little joke. So, um, yeah, um, Marvin Harrison, I mean, his final stats are just, just absolutely fantastic for this game. I don't want to get them wrong. Ten catches, 185 yards. Only thing that went wrong, he didn't get a touchdown. We'll take it though. How about Cade Stover? Six catches, seventy-eight yards. Ameka, six catches, fifty-three yards. Ameka was hold was held to like nothing until the fourth quarter. CJ Stroud. No one's talking about CJ Stroud. Here's his final stats: twenty-six of thirty-three, three hundred and fifty-four yards with a touchdown and no interceptions. Twenty-six of thirty-three, three hundred fifty-four yards, touchdown, no picks. Another great game from C.J. Stroud. Really, it's going to come down to, like, does does Hendon Hooker play well against Georgia? You know, and I'm sure there's some other people that are kind of in the race, but it's kind of it seems like a two-man race, basically. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm liking Stroud's chances. I'm liking Stroud's chances a lot. We're going to hear from J-Book very, very, very shortly here on the show. Georgia up 7 nothing over Florida. Got a little uh, – Michigan State at Michigan tonight. Uh, this Michigan State team is not good, as we all know, from watching them play against the Buckeyes recently. Let's get into some other stuff that we learned here. I mean, what a huge first down late there. Third and 10 to Marvin Harrison. Goodness gracious. Um, here's another thing. Okay, I, I am glad that they won. Obviously, I'm glad they won. But, like, I'm, I don't think this is nitpicking. So, Ohio State goes ahead with the Travion Henderson, like 41 yard touchdown run, they go up ahead, ahead, uh, Oh, what'd they go ahead? 21, 22, 21. They went ahead by one point and they were going to go for two and they get the penalty and they end up just kicking it and going up 23, 21. Why not go for it anyway? It's basically like, you know, fourth and goal from the seven. Like, why not just go for it there? Anyway? What, what I, I didn't understand kicking the, the uh, extra point there. So, um, Tommy Eichenberg whiffed on the go-ahead touchdown for Penn State to make it 21-16 in the fourth quarter. I've been the biggest Tommy Eichenberg stand that you guys have seen. we got to say what we saw today. We saw some bad tackling. 
You know, Jim Knowles, people are going to say, well, maybe Jim Knowles isn't all that. I, I think his scheme was on point today. I saw some bad tackling. You know, the big play that we talked about earlier, the big 58-yard touchdown um, by Penn State to get them back in the game. Um, two, I mean, two guys are right there. And it was kind of luck because, like, one of them kind of spun the guy around, you know. Um, but Tanner McAllister and J.K. Johnson are right there. They've got to make that stop. Instead, they spin the guy around, and he stays on his feet and goes for a 58-yard touchdown. Um, and Tommy Eichenberg, big missed tackle there on fourth down. You know, that, that would have stuffed Penn State. Now, ended up not mattering. Ohio State won this game comfortably. It's funny looking at the final score, 44-31. We're all sitting there in the fourth quarter like, oh, crap, are they even going to win this game? And then late, it's 44-24. to It's like – all of a sudden they're up by 20. Um, but give Penn State credit. They always come, they always come ready to play. This was a 15 and a half point um spread. And uh, you know, Penn State did uh did very well. Let's hear from our let's see if uh if Jay Book is is gonna be is gonna hop on pretty soon. Um let's see what's up with Jay Book real quick. Give me just a sec, my friends. There he is. I knew he'd come on soon. There he is. What's going on, my friend? Jay Book is welcome to the show. Jonah Booker. How's it going, Dave? Still trying to calm my nerves down after that one. I mean, how could you not? I mean, okay, before I ask you questions, your general thoughts, what do you want to get out there? I would say just fortunate enough to come out of there with a win. I know a lot of people are going to compare the way Michigan looked against Penn State to what Ohio State looked like, but at the end of the day, you won. You're still undefeated. Once the rankings come out on Tuesday, you're going to be, you know, probably the number two, number three team. Uh, there's a lot of things, you know, that went really bad for the offense, especially Ryan's day play calling uh, and some of his decision making. You have some bright spots in your stars. Defense, uh, they were more bend but don't break um, this week. But as bad as they played, Dave, once again, you have an Ohio State team that put up 40 points. Yeah. Um, where do we start, though? I mean, how big of a concern is this running game, in your opinion? This is two weeks in a row. It's been a neat. And this is a Penn State defense that Michigan could do whatever they wanted to do on the ground. 400 yards and counting. Yeah, it, it's very concerning. I mean, you know, two weeks in a row, you go against quality defensive fronts and they're not able to run the football. Uh, Matthew Jones is struggling two weeks in a row. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with him. Travion Henderson, he's dancing too much. It feels like he doesn't trust his offense alignments to set up the blocks for him. So I'm really concerned, Dave, especially with Mayan being hurt. We're just not seeing that effective run game. And to be fair, some of those run calls are just absolutely absurd. I had tweeted out a picture. I mean, there's eight in the box, and Ryan Day's running a toss sweep to Henderson to the boundary side of the field. Like, come on, man, it's a numbers game. You're already out leveraged. They have eight in the box. They're asking you to run the ball. That's just wasted plays, blown plays that puts the offense in a much more difficult situation to where instead of being, you know, second and four, second and three, or third and four, third and third and three you're now third and 10 because of a blown play you know calling a, a a toss sweep to the boundary so to me i think there's a a lot to be desired when it comes to the play calling uh as far as the rushing attack but right now it's a major concern dave especially as you get ready to head into michigan jt Tuimolo. wow i love when it's like it reminds me like okay this, this might not be a perfect analogy but like 
when I think of like high expectations and people exceeding them, it was like yeah. literally LeBron, Le- LeBron James first game in the NBA. And like, I was thinking, Oh man, I hope I'm not even a Cavs fan. But I remember thinking, Oh man, I hope he like lives up to this, all this hype. And you could tell right away that he exceeded it. It was like, Oh, okay. This is on like JTT. And, and I know it's not JTT JT. Maybe last year he didn't exceed it, but he got here like, <laughs> like August or something late July. It was crazy. Um, my goodness gracious, he had his coming out party today. It's so much fun to watch. Your your, your thoughts on Mr. Tuimolo, wow. Eight tackles, three TFLs, two sacks, two INTs, one pick six, one pass breakup, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and a partridge in a pear tree, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, greatest day. I mean, you, you've watched uh, Ohio State you know, cover the beat for many years. Is this the greatest defensive performance by a, a performer here at Ohio State? I mean, this exceeds what I saw from Chase Young. He did Chase Young did some outstanding things when he played against Wisconsin in Penn State games and boasts against the Penn State. But this right here, this was absolutely domination. I mean, that was freakishly athletic, that pick six. It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So what was up with them not attacking the middle more? It seemed like any time Ohio wanted to attack the middle with Cade Stover and Marvin Harrison or fill in the blank, it was there. When they tried to, you know, do these wide receiver screens, it was just stuffed every time. What what was I – mean, Ryan Day is such a good play caller. What happened? He Ryan Day has shown in multiple big games, Dave, that – Sometimes it takes him a while to really get started. Like some of the stuff I I had to just walk away from the TV. I was so frustrated (laughs) watching the bubble screen after the bubble screen. Like you're Brian Hartline. You are going to go recruit the highest level of wide receivers in the country. You don't run bubble screens with those guys. They're way too good. Penn State had no answer for when Ohio State wanted to stretch the field north and south and get aggressive, go vertically. Ryan Day was just calling just an odd game, Dave, and I don't understand what he was trying to do. They just need to throw the the bubble screens out of there. These wide receivers are way too talented to be out there running a Mickey Mouse type of uh, scheme when you're calling 10 bubble screens for 10 yards in the entire game. Uh, but, yeah, the middle of the field was wide open, Dave. If Penn State weren't stacking the box, they were – all out on the blitz and those quick slants and stretching the field in the middle was wide open all day, every day. If I was Ryan Day, I'd have just tempoed them boys out of there. You want to stack the box? Go ahead. We're just going to sit there and pick you apart and break you off with 15, 18, 20-yard chunk pass plays down the middle of the field. How worried are we about Chop? I mean, it looked like he injured his wrist and re-injured his knee to me. Who knows? I mean, it looks like he had a sling there. Um, I am worried about him. I I truly believe that Mayan Williams should be wide receiver, or I'm sorry, running back one here with Henderson being uh, the running back that spells him as a change of pace back. I just think that Mayan brings a level of toughness decision-making as a running back. You don't see Mayan back there dancing, Dave. There's There's way too much dancing that I'm seeing out of Henderson with the happy feet. When Mayan sees it, he hits it like a freight train, and he's always falling forward for at least another two, three, four yards. That's what you need. You, If you're going to run the power run game, your running back has to be able to operate in the power power run scheme. Um, so hopefully we get him back, Dave, because I truly believe that he needs to be the bell cow back 
Tony Alford probably disagrees with me, and Henderson's going to get the bulk of the uh, carries because at any given moment, like you saw today, Henderson does have the capability to break one. But in my opinion, watching the two running backs this year, I think Mayan is playing way better than Henderson overall. So I've got the ticker down there. So game ball is obviously to him at Lowell. I mean, he gets, you know, if only one person got it, it would be him. Uh, MVP of the game, JT, to him at Lowell. Kate Stover. I have Marvin Harrison Jr. there. CJ Stroud. Zach Harrison. Uh, do you agree with those? Am I leaving anybody out? Maybe uh, Tyleek Williams had a couple of really nice back-to-back plays there. Yeah, I think Tyleek played really well. I would include him in there. Um, Stover, I thought Stover did a poor job blocking on the screen passes. But if you get him as an in-line blocker on the line, he's devastating. I just don't think the – I just don't think Stover's feet are good enough to be blocking in the bubble screen game um, because he whiffed quite a bit there. Him and Julian whiffed on a lot of those bubble screen blocking. Uh, But, yeah, I thought those guys played really well there. I think the the defensive line is really starting to come on, Dave. They got a lot of heat from people across the country because they weren't racking up the sacks. But, man, they are really starting to play some ball. Yeah, no doubt about it. Somebody, uh, we have somebody on uh, Jason on Facebook. Where was Mike Hall? He was out there. He still isn't yeah. playing. Like, like, he started the game. I mean, Mike Hall was out there. Yeah, Mike was out there. Uh, I saw a couple plays where Mike was there. Um, but, you know, the, the good news is a guy like Tyleek Williams steps up and plays huge in crunch time. So that tells you the depth that they have there that Mike Hall, when healthy, he's one of the most dominant defensive tackles. But because he's you know somewhat on the pitch count there, you got a uber talented guy in Tyleek Williams stepping up. And I thought Cage played really well today. And once again, you got Zach Harrison stacking back to back really good games. So I think uh, Zach Harrison is having an awesome season. Uh, but yeah, if we can, if we can get if we can get this defensive line playing like this against Michigan, Dave, uh, with Tommy the way he's playing, I think the defense is going to be just fine. My main concern coming out of out of today is the offense. One, the play calling from Ryan Day has to be better. He left a lot to be desired out there. I think the offense makes it way too hard for themselves. There's too many wasted plays with the bubble screens. Toss, toss uh, sweeps to the boundary, just a lot of dumb stuff that they do on offense. Uh, but if they can't run the football, Dave, you can't win a national championship. No way you get through Georgia. No way you get through Alabama not being able to run the football. Got a question here from Rick on YouTube. Um, what do we think about Penn State's defensive backs? Year in and year out, they love to grab and hold on downfield passes. Refs don't always call it. I mean, Ohio State's DBs do that a little bit too. We saw that. Denzel Burke got away with one. What do you think about that, Jay Book? Being a, I mean, a, it's, it's just part of the game. They, they always – Penn State defensive backs are always been handsy, but if the refs aren't going to call it, then why, why not just keep doing it? I just think that Ohio State, when Penn State was trying to guard those guys one-on-one, they had no answer for Marvin. And I, I don't think a Mecca Ibuka game is running bubble screens, Dave. I think that kind of threw, threw his game off early on. If they can get a Mecca out there running a full route tree, that's when he's more effective. I just don't think Penn State defensive backs had any type of answer for those guys. And I know a lot of people are going to point to CJ's clock management, but overall, I thought CJ threw the ball extremely well today. Hey, what do you think about this? I mentioned this earlier. Like, I feel like we got to give Penn State credit. We have a voice in the choir on YouTube saying that, that you got to give Penn State credit. I mean, where do you come down on that? We're being critical of Ohio State. And I think right, everything – I you're on point with everything you're saying. It's a lot of what I wrote in my own notes. Um, 
But like, how much credit do we give Penn State here? You give them a ton of credit. They played hard. I mean, it's it's a it's a darn good program. They they haven't taken the next step to ascend to elite status, but that's a prideful program over there. They were going to fight Ohio State two for nail. At one moment, Dave, when Ohio State got up ten nothing. I thought Ohio State had the opportunity to really put the foot on the throat and make it uh, turn into a snowball effect. They weren't able to run the ball on third and one when they had the momentum Ohio State where they could have really put the pressure on Penn State. But credit to Penn State, they got to stop, got the ball back, and came down and scored right away, made it a game. Uh, once that crowd starts getting into it, Dave, then uh, that Penn State team, they're going to fight like heck to try to pull that victory out of defeat. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. Like, so where are you at after this, after this win? Is it just like, listen, this is how it goes at Penn State. They won by 13. Survive in advance. Are you concerned? Uh, think about the Michigan game coming up here. Yeah. In less, I have, less than yeah. a month. Where, where are you at right now, Jay Book? I, I would say, what's the Jim Trestle saying? Once you head into November, you should be playing your best football. I don't think Ohio State's playing their best football right now when you can't run the football. So I am extremely concerned about that. The play calling, when Day's on, he will put any defensive quarter, uh, coordinator in a blender when he's on his game when it comes to play calling. When he is off, he is extremely off his game until he really finds that rhythm. CJ, I think he needs to be better at the clock management aspect. But once again, I thought he threw the football extremely well. We saw that the bubble screen game doesn't work, Dave. Throw that out the window. Right now, I still think this defense uh, can play better. They did give up some points. They have more of a bend but don't break. But the good news is I have the utmost uh, trust in the defense right now. I feel like if the offense is off, the defense will be able to carry the load. One thing I'm really encouraged about when it comes to the defense is the, the turnovers that they're creating, Dave. Two weeks in a row, they're creating multiple turnovers, pick sixes. So you love to see that. Um, I thought the corners played decent. They didn't play great. Um, they got to get Cam Brown back. Hopefully Jordan Hancock uh, can continue to progress. But I, I just want to see, you know, this defense continue to get better. But overall, um, you know, the run game is my biggest concern, but you won the football game. Hopefully, once they get to Michigan, they'll be able to figure it out. You got time for one more? Yep. Rick on YouTube. Jay Book, I didn't get to see Dominic Rayola's game last night. How did he do in your neck of the woods? Uh, Dylan Rayola. Dylan Ray. I call <laughs> oh, I'm showing <laughs> my hand. Dominic's yeah. not playing anymore. Dom Dominic's been retired. That's his dad. How did Dylan do last night? He, he did okay. I mean, it wasn't like a, a performance to make you just, you know, really jump off your couch and say, my goodness, um, bash of the team that they were playing. They were six and one. They got probably four or five players on that team that, that are going to go to D1. So he wasn't playing against any scrubs. I wouldn't say it was just a blow your mind type of performance, but it wasn't bad. It was just, a, you know, a typical high school football game that you can see the intangibles. You can see the tools that he has. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're playing it's high school football. It's not going to be just a overwhelming dominant performance when you're a quarterback and you're relying on high school kids to make plays for you. Well, Hey, my man, thank you for jumping on here. I really appreciate it. Um, I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you jumping on here after the game, get back to watching college football, Buckeyes survive in advance. The best thing about being eight and no chance to go nine and no, there we go. Thank you. Jonah <laughs> Booker. Is. He is J book. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks Jonah. Great, for, great hearing from Jonah Booker. We will still hear 
from – I'm not still here. We will hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon live from Beaver Stadium after post-game interviews. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, great hear from Jay Book. He always comes strong on the Friday, Bucknuts Morning 5. And great having him jump on what we learned live here, um, our post-game podcast. Uh, and great to, hear, great to have all of you in here. We have like a lot of um, a lot of viewers, a lot of viewers on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So thank you to all of you who are tuning in right now. All right, let's hit some questions up. Um, man, I tell you what. Wasn't looking good there early in the fourth. I mean, I, I still I didn't think it was obviously. I mean, it was a one score game. All you need to go down a score, but and they did. But man, seems like it's always like that over there, right? All right, Brad on YouTube. What's everyone's thoughts on CJ's performance today? I don't want to speak for everyone, but I thought CJ played well today. I love that he like stepped up and, and ran the ball several times. Several I mean like four, but still, I mean, he showed some dog today, you know, and he hit. hit, hit his passes, that's a tough environment, tough defense. C.J. Stroud's performance, the numbers look good, and I think it's, like, kind of underrated, like, how well he played. Like, no one's really even – I mean, maybe people are talking about it. I don't know. It didn't seem like there was that much buzz, even, like, the little bit – you know, even, like, late in the game, they weren't talking about it much. C.J. Stroud, 26-33, 354 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. 26-33, 354, a touch, no interceptions. And stepped up and ran the ball. Now he's running stats because of the stupid thing that they do in college where they count sacks against your rushing yards. Six carries for five yards doesn't do it justice. He had an eleven yard run. He had some other runs like where he stepped up and like I, I just loved seeing that out of CJ. So good for him. So uh, you know, um, to answer your question, like Brad, I, I thought CJ played really well. Kudos to CJ Stroud. He, he's definitely one of my game ball winners. Loud Ace on YouTube. Are you guys concerned about the middle of the D line? PSU ran between the tackles quite well on first down. At times I am. As soon as I was getting ready to worry about the running game, then Ohio State would like stuff them. You know, it's it's like Knowles mixes things up so well. You know, he, um, you know, it, it's not like, it's not like, you know, it's not a huge concern. I'll, I'll put it that way. Maybe it's a mild concern because I, I just think overall I love what I'm seeing out of this defense. That play, that that long touchdown where J.K. Johnson and McAllister were right there to get the stop, and that guy squirts out of there, kind of got twisted around. I love what I'm seeing out of that Knowles defense. It seems like even when they get a play, not every play, but even when like teams get a big play, it's almost kind of like luckish, you know, where it certainly isn't wasn't scheme related. Where like you know last year, all the time, the previous year it was just like, how's this guy like 50 yards open? So mildly concerned, but not too concerned to answer your question. All right, we have Jabari here on YouTube. It is time to extend Jim Knowles through retirement. Yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like he is happy here. I feel like he, this is what he wants to do. I don't feel like he wants to be a head coach again. It's not a, a sure thing. I just feel like he's happy here as long as I feel like he enjoys working with Ryan Day and um, giving having full autonomy of uh, – of the defense, making $2 million a year. Uh, that's also pretty good. And he's been a head coach before. You know, I think Gene Smith and Ryan Day will do what it takes to, to make sure uh, Jim Knowles is happy. I, you know, and I asked Ryan Day about that. I, I do think that, that Jim Knowles is content, and, and Ryan Day concurred with that. David on YouTube, the corners are still the concern. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Denzel Burke's playing better. I mean, J.K. Johnson had, had some good plays and, you know, overall didn't play that well. 
Um, not having Cam Brown healthy is a concern. You know, not good. Not good overall. Let's get to some more questions here. I'm just now catching up. Yeah, Brad on YouTube. Jim Knowles definitely made a difference today. He sure did. He sure did. <laughs> Hank remembering my um, my preseason prediction. We had to make a bold prediction. Yeah, he might finish with 10. Hope No, I don't think he will. I think he'll be able to come back. Hank on YouTube saying, hey, Bids, your man got his double-digit touchdown. Nailed it. Yeah, my pre, my pre we had to make a bold prediction. Mine was that mine would get double-digit touchdowns. He got his 10th today. Hopefully not his last. Goodness gracious. Injuries seem to be mounting up for our, our boys here. Um, RK saying four touchdowns in six minutes. I know that they are an avalanche when they want to be. Um, it's fun to see four touchdowns in six minutes, including a defensive touchdown. So much fun. Yeah, I like Hancock too, Brad. Brad on Facebook. I like Hancock as well. Mike on YouTube, it looked like he says it looks like Mil Williams broke his wrist. That's what it looked like I saw too. Look like he it was like one of those man. He got hurt twice on that play. Look like he probably broke his wrist or at least hurt, definitely hurt it. He was in a sling afterwards. Didn't look like it was hanging right. He was kind of holding that, and they were icing his knee, which was previously injured. Not good. Jason on YouTube, Zach Harrison, you all don't overlook that great performance. Yeah, I, I again, we talked about that earlier. He definitely gets a game ball. He definitely gets a game ball. We had some people asking about this. Jason on Facebook, did Mike Hall Jr. not play? No, he was in there. They rotated him in there. They rotated him in there a decent amount. Chris on Facebook, where was Sawyer? Again, he was in there. I mean, he didn't make any splash plays. I mean, JT, Tumolo, Allen, Zach Harrison are the starting defensive ends. Those guys get the majority of snaps, especially in a game like this. They don't always get the majority of snaps in games because sometimes games are decided. But in games like this where it's not decided, those are the defensive ends that are going to get the majority of snaps. JT, Tumolo, Al, who's fantastic today, and Zach Harrison, who's fantastic today. And then Jack Sawyer's the next man up. Javante Jean-Baptiste is the next man up after that. And then I'd say Caden Curry after that. I agree with this. I want to get to this from Glenn Terry. Not to be confused with Terry Glenn. Glenn Terry on Facebook cannot be become one-dimensional. I agree so much with that. And this was – we've been touting their balance, and they had been until the last two weeks. Now it's like they have to pass the ball to do anything. Very, very, very disappointing. Very disappointing, especially against a rushing defense that Michigan could do whatever they wanted to. And I, I've seen people say this. Well, that game was in, in Ann Arbor. Oh, okay. So that's why they're able to run for 400 yards and counting because it was in Ann Arbor. I mean, obviously that helps. Trust me. I know. I said all week, don't get it twisted. Just because this is not a, a, a whiteout, this is going to be a tough environment. You guys know I've been saying it all week. This will be a tough environment. This will be a tough environment. I know that that helps. But this is still a Penn State defense that gave up 400 yards and counting to Michigan on the ground. They could do whatever they wanted. And they, they stuffed Ohio State today for the most part. Now, Ohio State finally got them a couple times there late, which was great to see. Travion with the go-ahead touchdown run. That was awesome. 
So we'll see what happens. And we're going to hear from Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy after post-game interviews. What is the latest with Jackson? Tell me which Jackson you're talking about. You're talking about Donovan Jackson? Oh, Jack, you probably mean Jackson. I got you. Jackson Smith and Jigba. You just spelled it wrong. I got you. I'm guessing that's who you mean. What's the latest with Jackson? Am I going to get in trouble again for saying this? This is just my opinion. This is not any, this is not, I'm not breaking news here. This is just my opinion. I think we've seen the last of him in, in, in a Buckeye uniform. And if we do see him again, it'll be like against Michigan at the earliest and hopefully in the college football playoff or the national championship game, you know, Waddle style for uh, Alabama. They brought Waddle back for that national championship game, maybe something like that. But um, I'm not hearing good things. I, I'm not going to go any more detail than that. I'm not hearing good things. Um, assuming that's the Jackson you're talking about, J-A-X-O-N, um, not J-A-C-K-S-O-N, then uh, I think we've seen the last of him playing for the Buckeyes, and I hope I'm wrong. Obviously hope I'm wrong. Yeah, we have someone saying that uh, RK on YouTube heard JSN is seeking an opinion with a doctor in Florida. Yeah, Dr. James Andrews is the um, the rumor there. The uh, the very famous sports doctor. So, I mean, I give JSN credit. He tried to come back twice. So, we are joined live by Steve Hellwagon from Beaver Stadium. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on? Well, your overall can thoughts. You I mean, me? yeah, I can hear you well. Can you hear me? Yes. So what your a overall crazy game, thoughts, Dave. This was sketchy. They were they were losing in the fourth quarter with nine minutes to go. Never easy over there. And then they score four touchdowns in six minutes. Um, your thoughts overall in this game? Is this a good win for Ohio State? You happy, or is this is this signs that there could be trouble in the future? Oh, it's a hell of a win. I think you have to go with go with that. Clearly, this is the best team Ohio State's played on both sides of the ball. There were a lot of issues that were exposed here today, uh, particularly Ohio State's uh, inability to run the football, and uh, obviously uh, there were enough mistakes on both sides of the ball for Ohio State uh, to film stuff. We'll take them all week probably before they play Northwestern next week. You'd love to win, learn those lessons and, and come to those realizations in a game that you win. And they gutted this one out. This was uh, a back-and-forth game. If you weren't here, in case no one I win a game, uh, whether they have a great team or not. And uh, they seem to have a pretty good team this year in a team that was capable of uh, taking advantage of some of Ohio State's uh, few weaknesses. Uh, I mean, Clifford threw for, I think, 360 yards again against them, second year in a row. And yet, he also threw three picks. So it was that kind of day, as, as Coach Day said, that you, you knew you were going to give up a, few, give up a few points, but the flip side was, they played tremendous football, particularly in the fourth quarter, getting stops, getting turnovers, and putting the ball in the end zone. 
and ultimately that's that's what it came down to. Ohio State did more of that than Penn State did in Ohio State. Here, there's areas they improve on, but not sure internet issues here or not. Uh, it's showing me that Dave might be buffering a little bit right now, so I'm not sure. Oh, there's Pat. Yeah, yeah welcome, Pat Murphy, to the show. Steve, uh, we have a question for you. Patrick, welcome to the show, my friend. Patrick Murphy, live from Beaver Stadium. Steve, Mike Schaefer says he loves your takes. What are your thoughts on the play calling the first three quarters? Yeah, there was a lot of head scratching going on. Uh, second and 10, they're running the ball with Henderson a couple times for no gain. Uh, threw a bunch of screens that uh, never seemed to gain any kind of traction. They weren't blocked particularly well. Uh, <laughs> a lot of questions. I mean, when you hit a deep ball in the third or fourth play of the game, why aren't you continuing to try that? And uh, they didn't go back to that till later in the half. And that seemed kind of weird to me that uh, Penn State, you know, was susceptible to that and they didn't go after him that way uh, like that. So uh, to me, uh, that's there's a lot of questions, I think. I think the offense, I think Matthew Jones, a couple of plays in the first half was a, was a no show. And, uh, you know, they 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 squirted by him and made negative plays a couple of times and. You know, they're going to play better teams down the line. And, you know, they're trailing in this game with nine minutes left. But, you know, you got the best player in college football, C.J. Stroud. You went down, you scored. And uh, then you get the great play by J.T. Tuimaloal. And, you know, what can you say? Patrick, what are your overall thoughts on this game? I mean, um, wasn't looking good there in the fourth quarter. Buckeyes were able to turn it on. They looked good early. They looked good late. In between that, they didn't look good. Patrick? Yeah. Um, can you hear me good? Yep. All right. First What'd of all, Penn State ice cream, it's the only reason I come to these games. It's delicious. Uh, but, no, to, to answer your question, Dave, it was, it, was, it was what I kind of expected. It wasn't how I expected it. But I said yesterday that this wasn't going to be a comfortable game for Ohio State. Coming to this stadium never is. And we knew that this was the biggest challenge of the year for Ohio State. And that doesn't mean that you get a result like you did last week against Iowa. You come to some questions. You were going to get challenged here. And I, I think that you have to figure out a way to win that. And Ryan Day said after the game, look, they have plenty to go back to the film on. And they have a lot of things that they need to fix. And, and obviously they know what's potentially coming down the pipeline. But you got to enjoy this win. I mean, came to Penn State, a 15 team, and you you – got it here with, with a win and yeah you had to do it in a different way you, you weren't able to get the offense going you did. the defense had to step up and even the defense at times didn't make the plays that, that they have um you know some of those big plays that Penn State had but I think that the key there is that you found a way to get a win you're sitting on the other side of this you're feeling real bad about things and so I know there's a lot that we could touch on but I just wanted to stress the importance of 
getting out of here with a win. They're not going to play in another stadium like this the rest of the year. You know, if they go to the Big Ten Championship, the college football playoff, they'll play teams that may be better than Penn State. But playing in this stadium, is it's nuts. If you've never been here, I can't explain how loud this place gets. And, you know, it was a day game, but it still was rocking in here. Yeah, no doubt about it. We talked about that all week. It's like, don't get it twisted. It's not going to be as raucous as it would be for a whiteout, but it's still, it'll still still be raucous. Steve, tell me if you, you agree with this. So I, I have some, uh, I have some uh, game balls, you know, some proverbial game balls that I gave out. So do you agree with this? So I have, uh, you know, obviously this was the game of JT Tumalau's life. JT Tumalau just played unbelievably great. We'll remember this is his coming out party. Cade Stover, how about him? Marvin Harrison Jr., C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud was even scrambling at times. I love that. Zach Harrison, just uh, talk about some of the guys who really stood out today. I think you're on mute, Steve. I think Ronnie Hickman had a pretty good game. He had a couple back-to-back pass breakups at a really important time there uh, early on. Uh, so many guys. Tyleek Williams had that big play on third down. Um or maybe fourth down, I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, there were curious calls by the coaches on both sides at times in this game. It was kind of like uh, uh, James Franklin was saying, I, I see your silly decision and I raise you one even worse at times, you know, uh, with him not kicking that field goal and going for it on fourth down and so on and so forth. But, you know, um, yeah, so many guys contributed to this win. This is definitely a team win. Uh, I think Doug Maurice from the Cleveland.com asked uh, Coach Day about the touchdown from Travion Henderson, and it appeared that Cade Silver blocked two guys on the play, and Dewan Jones also helped uh, on that coming from the right side over to the left side, I guess, and blocking a linebacker down, down the way. So there were a lot of people involved in the success of that play, and, and – uh, you know, again, it's a team effort. JT Tuimaloal tips the interception, and Zach Harrison catches it. And, you know, they didn't fully capitalize on a lot of those mistakes. But, again, so many people involved in the success here today for Ohio State. It's hard to narrow it down to just five or six guys. It was a total team effort. All right, Steve. All right, thank Steve, you for thank your you insights, sir. All right, guys. Be thank good. You, All right. Thanks for hopping on, Steve. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll get Steve on out of here, and then we'll just uh, chat with Patrick for a little bit. All right, Patrick, uh, hard-hitting question from Steven on Facebook. What kind of ice cream is it? Yeah, it's this Penn State ice cream, Penn State Creamery. They have it here in the press box. It's delicious. I eat way too much of it when I come to these games. Um, so I'm going to continue to indulge. Good, good for you. Good for you. What are you hearing about Mayan? It, doesn't, it didn't look good. Look like he, like, yeah, as, as Rusty on uh, YouTube is saying, look like he broke his wrist. And it looked like he re-injured his knee, too. They were saying he was getting his, his right knee iced. Um, not good. Not good. No, certainly not. You know, I joke with you about the 10 touchdowns, which he did reach today, your bold prediction from the start of the year. But he's been big for them. And, and I don't know what Travion Henderson needs to get going. I'm hoping maybe that big play – today gets him going but you need to be a north and south runner at times and Mayan just is that and so if he's going to miss time um you know it's it, it could be it could be tough um for a team that's already struggling to run the ball when they've played good defenses these last two weeks uh I'd be, be interested to see if Dallin Hayden maybe gets a little bit more run as uh I think it was Spencer Holbrook from Letterman Row pointed out when we're sitting in the press box 
every time Ryan Day gets asked about Dallin Hayden, he talks positively, but then he mentions young running backs needing to learn how to or make sure they hold on to the ball. So I wonder if that's been an issue for Dallin and maybe why we didn't see him in a big game like this one. You know, you, you can't risk a turnover because you have a freshman in a game that you don't completely trust. But I do think he can do some good things if, if Mayan has to miss some time. You know, this it's I know that the injuries seem to be piling up, and I don't think the numbers are actually worse than they've been in the past. I just think you've had guys that could be huge difference makers on this team miss some time. And, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba being the biggest one, but but other guys as well. And so if Mayan's added to that list, that's, that's a bit of a blow. But Brian Day said, you know, he, he made it clear, honestly, I don't know. He's like, I will get you guys that information. So we'll see when – I assume we'll hear more Tuesday if, if Ryan decides to be forthcoming. But as you said, Dave, it, it didn't look great. Hopefully it's, you know, something that maybe he has to miss a game or two but isn't a long-term thing. I have mixed emotions here when I analyze this game. I'm looking forward to rewatching it. Like, now the biggest thing is any win at Penn State is a good win. Like, I, especially a Penn State team that's ranked 13th, and that seems about right. They seem to be about a, a top 15 team to me, not a top 10 team. Um, any win at Penn State's a good win. I, I know this rivalry well, um, and any win over there is good. But, I mean, my gosh, again, the anemic run game for most of the game for the second straight week. Ryan Day, I don't know what he was doing for a lot of the game. Injuries mounting up. I mean, I don't know what to think here. The biggest thing is, obviously, I know what to think. Ohio State won this game, and they won by 13 points. They were leading by 20 late, <laughs> even though they were trailing in the fourth quarter. So that's the biggest thing. When I say I have mixed emotions, though, I mean, you know, a lot of us have been saying things like national championship or bust. You know, you look at this team right now, and they're going to be right in the mix, and I still love their chances. But um, – I got to be honest, you know, I just feel like I walked away from, away from this game with maybe more questions than I expected coming into it. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. And I think a lot of times when you play these big games, sometimes that's that's the case. I think my, my, my thought coming in was if Ohio State came in here and looked good and won, and yeah, I didn't expect it to be any sort of blowout, that they had the best case to be the number one team in the college football playoff rankings on Tuesday night, the first ones. Now I'm, I'm not so sure that, that they will be um, or that they should be. I think that, you know, they're certainly top two, top three, but depending on what other teams do today, and I, I haven't seen much around the country, so I'm not sure what else has happened. But, um, you know, you're in that mix, but you had a chance against a top 15 team to really cement yourself, and I don't think they did that. You mentioned the Ryan Day play calling, and I know Twitter was blowing up with uh, talk about the screen passes, and, and obviously that was not working. Ryan Day did say after the game that, you know, he considers that a part of the run game and Penn State takes away a lot of things. So what they wanted to do was stretch Penn State to one side, make the defense shift, be able to do it to the other side, and then they could be able to hit them downfield. Penn State just made plays. And I don't think Ohio State executed it very well. And the, the biggest issue is it took Ryan Day too long to get away from it. And I think that's something he has to evaluate himself on because we've seen that in the past is sometimes he'll try and stick with things, and it's like, all right, let's move on to the next thing. He told us this past week, you know, they don't script plays, but they have plays that they like for this defense and whatnot. I think you need to be able to adjust a little bit quicker when a defense is clearly keying on things that you're doing. A couple more things we'll get you out of here. Defense. How about this Ohio State defense? Number two in the country, and I know they gave up some big plays today, but that it wasn't due to scheme most of the time. I mean, Tanner McAllister and J.K. Johnson were right there on Penn State's uh, long touchdown, 58-yard touchdown. It should have been stopped for like five yards or something like that. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this Buckeye defense and how they performed today? Good. 
very good. Uh, yeah, the numbers don't reflect a, a dominant performance, but I think some of that's credit to Penn State. And, yeah, you've got to clean up the missed tackles. There's been too many of those, uh, I think. And, and we haven't talked about it because we haven't needed to, but you saw what a team can do today out on that field when you do miss tackles. Uh, an explosive team like, like Penn State and, and other teams they are going to play, that certainly has to be fixed quickly. But, look, I mean, the, the turnovers, they're coming fast now. I mean, remember early in the season when we were, where are the turnovers? This defense is playing great, but, but they're not turning the ball over. Now, now they're turning the ball over frequently. The defensive line is starting to play, you know, I, I, dirty. I mean that in a positive way. They're, they're dogs out there. Obviously, JT Tumalau, it was was the star of the show. But Zach Harrison last week, this week, you saw a handful of other guys get in there and make some plays. So, you know, I think little plays here and there could have changed this game and made it look a lot better defensively. You know, Tommy Eichenberg missing the tackle on the two or on the fourth down play, stuff like that. that, that you know, just it just changes the, the the course of the game the way you look at the game. But I still think they're playing well. Look, this team a year ago, this team two years ago, doesn't get out of this game with the win with the offensive struggles that they had. The defense made the difference today. <laughs> we have Michael on YouTube saying, "I can never remember a team's defensive ends having a combined three picks." That's a good point. Zach Harrison. Uh, Zach Harrison was asked if he had a performance like that. He goes. No, he's a deep end and had a pick six. I've never seen something like that. Ryan Day said he doesn't remember ever seeing a play like that. There's definitely been plays like that, but I think it goes to show just what JT Tuam allowed today that, that those two guys are are exclaiming about him so much. Yeah, it was yeah. Even on Zach Harrison's uh, pick, it was uh, off of JT Tuam helmet, and Zach yeah. Harrison very athletically tips it to himself and then ca- oh man. Um, look like a tight end there. All right, let's get you out of here on this. Your parting thoughts. You know, I kind of asked you this earlier, like kind of just what does this mean for Ohio State going forward? How do you feel about Like if you're an Ohio State fan, like how should you feel right now? Like eight games into the season, you're 8-0. You're probably going to skate through the next three weeks, and then the game will happen on November 26th. If you're an Ohio State fan, Patrick, you know, how are you feeling right now? I think you should still feel pretty good. I think you know this is a team that can get things fixed. We've seen that throughout the year. I think if you look at all of the other teams that are in the mix, that top five, six spots in, in the rankings, they've all had these type of games where things haven't gone right and they've had to win it late against teams that aren't number 13 in the country. You know, remember Georgia and Missouri a month or so ago. Uh, Tennessee struggled with Pitt and, and Alabama lost a game. Clemson's been in a few of those games this year. Michigan to Maryland. So, if you're going to have a game where there's going to be a bunch of questions about it, I would rather it be against the top 15 team and, you know, you, you still get out with the win. I think that you, you continue to see areas where the team has to grow. I think as, as good as C.J. Stroud has been at times, there's still areas for improvement. I wrote about that this past week, and, and he had a couple throws today that if defense just makes a play, that it could have been an interception or, or something along the lines. Uh, um, you know, I think Ryan Day. And this, this staff in general has to continue to get better, especially on the offensive side. They, they need to figure out what they can do really well when it's not just, you know, CJ having all the time in the world to throw because that's going to be the difference this season is, is how this offense, complemented by the defense, can make plays when it's not perfect. And that's the thing. And you got to get the run game going. You have to figure out something there. So, you know, I think they will. I think that they will continue to progress. Like you said, you've got a couple weeks now that you should be rolling through some teams. Um, I think the Maryland game will be an interesting one the week before Michigan on the road. I think that's a pretty good team. 
So, you know, I think you, you, you're comfortable the next couple of weeks and then you'll have a little bit of a test and then obviously the big test at the end of the year. So if I'm an Ohio State fan, I, I feel pretty good. But, you know, as I've said three or four times now, the most important thing is you're 8-0. You just beat the number 13 team in the country in their house and it was rocking. I, I promise you that. The press box, when they score, Brett, it's like at Wisconsin. It shakes. It's do that. Well, great stuff, Patrick Murphy. Thank you very much for hopping on, sir. Go enjoy more ice cream. You work out. You're allowed, you're allowed to have as much ice cream as you want. So uh, enjoy it. Um, thank you to Patrick Murphy for your insights live from Beaver Stadium. Uh, get back to work and get back to eating more ice cream. Thank you, sir. All right. Talk to you later, Dave. All right. Take care. Patrick Murphy, thank you to his insights. Uh, great hearing from Patrick and Steve live from Beaver Stadium. Uh, great hearing from Jay Book earlier in the show. Um, so let's get to some final questions here. We've had a lot of questions about the uh, the Michigan game tonight. So, so Michigan, Michigan State, what, 7.30 tonight? It's in Ann Arbor. Michigan's favored by like 23. So, I mean, I think Michigan's going to win. Um, but listen, I mean, Michigan State's beat them twice in a row. I think, I think that might kind of hurt Michigan State tonight because Michigan's going to be ready for them. I, Michigan State's not good, as we all know. I mean, this is – now, Michigan State was terrible two years ago and they beat them. Michigan was the better team last year, and Michigan State beat them. So you never know. Um, but um, I do not like Michigan State's chances tonight. I hope I'm wrong. You guys know who I'll be rooting for. Uh, let's get to some – this is from Thomas on YouTube. Uh, Dave, what is uh, your take on the O-line? Well, I mean, it's hot and cold, right? I mean, it, it's just there's no other way to describe it right now. It's hot and cold. Sometimes I think that they're a fantastic O-line. Sometimes I'm just like, well, what are they doing? Um, you know, sometimes you can say the other team's scheming them up and what, whatever. I mean, they've got to be more physical than this. They have to be. We've been saying they are. I know teams have been stacking the box the last couple of weeks, but Penn State wasn't stacking it as much as Iowa. You can't excuse it on that. So uh, disappointed overall today. But then there was times that they gave, you know, CJ a lot of time to throw and um, they got the job done. I mean, there's it's hot and cold. There's no other way. But like this idea that they're like fantastic. I can't get there. Um, but you know, I still like the O-line, you know, I don't want to sit here and like rip on them. Like I still like the O-line, but, um, you know, I mean, as Yakov is saying here right now on YouTube, you know, the current O-line blocking is not enough against Michigan. That's exactly the point. Was it enough to survive even against a good Penn state team, even in one of the best environments in college football? Yes. It was enough to do that. Is there going to be enough to win the next three weeks? Yes. Hell Yes. Is it going to be enough to beat Michigan? Is it going to be enough to, you know, win the college football playoff semifinal? Is it going to be enough to win, you know, the national championship? Those are the questions that we want to know. So, or the answers that we want to know. So, you know, we'll find out. All right, Tyler on YouTube. What is my overall grade of this win? Hmm. Man, based on everything and the way Penn State plays against Ohio State, I'll give it a uh, a B. I'll give it a B. Um, I can't give it an A. I was tempted to say C because of uh, so, so many things that I was frustrated with as I went through my notes here. Like a lot, lot, lot of stuff I wasn't happy with. But uh, bottom line is, you beat Penn State by thirteen in their house. You're favored by fifteen and a half. It's a B. It's not an A. It's not a C. It's a B. I give them a B. It's a solid B. It's a good win. Not a great win. It's a good win. 
wasn't a statement win. Like I was kind of hoping they'd send like a message like, oh, that's cool, Michigan, that you beat Penn State 41-17 in your house. Uh, wait till what we show you we're going to do in their house. And early it looked like that's what was going to happen. At least they they won, though. They showed grit, and that that is important. They showed grit for the second time this season. They were trailing in the second half. They were trailing in the third quarter against Notre Dame. In fact, trailing until like almost like the last play of the second to last play of the third quarter. They were trailing at home against Notre Dame, pulled that game out 21-10. And then, um, you know, and it felt, it felt like they dominated the second half. And then today they're trailing in the fourth quarter and they win. So showing grit is important. We've touched on this a little bit, Andrew, on Facebook. Is, is the run game – a concern should we now be worried paraphrasing his question is the run game a concern should we now be worried i'm concerned about it i, I don't think like we can just now say it's like a terrible running game but it, I, it's not like this like oh they're supremely balanced they can kill you with the pass or the run you know and i've been guilty of saying that up until last week and you're wondering was last week an aberration i was stacking the box and not just stacking the box like throwing eight in the box sometimes not just seven um Sometimes nine in the box. Yeah, it's a concern. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a concern. I still am bullish overall. They're going to get it figured out. And I, but man, that's two weeks in a row. 2.2 yards per carry last week, and then 3.8 yards per carry to 3.6. Ohio State rushing, not good, not good overall. Um, what 3.6 yards per carry? How are you not showing me that? 3.8 yards per carry. So 2.2 yards per carry last week, again, including sacks, 3.8 yards per carry today. Yeah, I, I, that's a concern for sure. Lucas on Facebook, can our defense stop a talented run team like that team up north? I think they can. I believe in this defense. I believe in this defense. I do. I do. I, I love – I love these D tackles, man. You, these these top four D tackles with Michael Hall Jr. Um, and Teron Vincent and Tyleek Williams, and Jerron Cage. I mean, I, I, yeah, the, yeah. And, and the way JT Tumel allow their big at defensive end. I mean, Ohio State's defensive ends are big. Zach Harrison, 6'6", 272. JT Tumel allow 6'4", 272. Yeah. Tommy needs to play. But Tommy has looked like a Buckus Award winner up until today. Tommy did not have his best game today, but I'm confident November 26th, Ohio State will be able to slow down Michigan's run. You're not going to stop their run. They've got a really good offensive line. Blake Corum's the real deal, and J.J. McCarthy's a threat to run, and they can dink and dunk you in the passing game, so that'll keep you honest as well. So you add it all up. But, yeah, I mean, can Ohio State stop? They can contain them. They're not going to stop them, to answer your question. No. I guess I should say no, they can't stop them. But I think Ohio State will contain Michigan's running game. I'm still confident in that game. I think it might be something similar to what we saw today. Where there's nervous moments, even maybe late, late in the game, but Ohio State wins. I'm still very confident Ohio State's going to beat Michigan. But Michigan's better than what I thought they'd be. There's no getting around it. All right, let's get to some few more questions, and we'll get back to uh, watching some college football and some postgame work done here. All right, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I know Matthew Jones had a bad game. We've had a lot of comment comments about Matt Jones. He had a bad game. He had a bad game. Fifth-year senior Matt Jones at right guard had a bad game. He did. Brad wants to know who's the first guy in for Matthew Jones. It would be Enoch Vamahi. 
we saw that against Notre Dame when Matt, um, his shoe like broke or something. I don't know what happened, like the sole of his shoe. I don't know what happened. It was something like, I guess he didn't have a backup pair of cleats. So um, we thought it was a foot injury. It was just his, it was just his cleat. His, something happened to his cleat. And then Enoch Vamahi went in there. If you remember, they did like a little power O to the left, a little pull. And um, Enoch Vamahi, you know, didn't really pancake the guy because the guy kind of dove out of the way. Still should count as a pancake. But the Buckeyes get like a decently big running play, especially in the red zone. So Enoch, Enoch Vamahi, a fourth-year junior out of Hawaii, former four-star recruit, is the top backup guard. Matt Jones had a bad day. I don't think Enoch, uh, Enoch Vamahi is going to replace him, but Matt Jones needs to play better. Brad on YouTube, do they go with a three-linebacker look against Michigan? I would have said no until last week. They showed a lot of that last week against Iowa. You know, Knowles has kind of said, like, oh, I believe in my safeties you know, are physical enough to get that that the job done, and they've proven that. Um, but then they showed a lot of three-backers – you know, against Iowa. So I do think they're going to mix it in maybe more than I thought. I think they will mix that in more than I thought. But, um, yeah, I mean, Cody Simon, it really depends on how, how well Cody Simon's playing because they love Eichenberg at middle linebacker. For a while there, it was like, is it Steele or Cody? Steele is kind of like, you know, emerged as, as the clear guy there at the will. And then now is, you know, are they going to use more three linebackers with Cody Simon? It probably depends on how well Cody Simon's playing and how, Confident they are in their safeties in the run game, but Knowles is going to mix it up. We all know that. Gino on Facebook, ESPN just had a graphic predicting Ohio State will be number six in the college football playoffs first ranking. Thoughts? As I'm reading the question, I'm like, they're talking about like that's what they're predicting they're going to finish. Okay, so they're saying they're going to lose to Michigan. Like, no way they're going to be sixth in the first ranking. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. ESPN. No. So again, to repeat, ESPN just had a graphic up predicting Ohio State will be number six, number six in the college football playoff first ranking, which comes out uh, this later this or next week comes out on Tuesday. Thoughts uh, BS or Wednesday, whenever it comes out. Complete BS is my thoughts. There's no way that'll happen. They're not going to be sixth. All right. Rusty on YouTube. Any idea what the snap counts were for the corners today? Mostly it was um, Denzel Burke played a ton and then J.K. Johnson played the second most and then Jordan Hancock would have played the third most. I don't know the exact number. I just watched the game live and took notes. Copious notes, but notes. But I, I do not know the snap count yet. Um, I do know my friend Dan Hope on 11 Warriors um, will have uh, the snap counts. Um, he does that, that piece every Monday, does a great job. Um meticulous work so my friend dan hope will have the specific snap counts i do not have that for you right now ohio state does not release specific snap counts so you have to release you have to rely on people like uh great journalists like my friend dan hope to, to give you that information so we'll find that out oh lucas chapman saying that was desmond howard's rankings <laughs> saying ohio state would be six probably probably you're, you're probably being tongue-in-cheek but you're actually being serious um Yakov is saying, am I heading up to – oh, I should head up. Not asking if I am. I should head up, head up to Cleveland for the Monday night football game. Nah, I'm not going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to watch it uh, from Man Cave Central. Man Cave Central, watch Bengals-Browns. It's going to be a good game. A little worried about that game. Both teams banged up. Still, Browns back against the wall at home. Home underdogs. Monday night football. 
Bengals don't have Jamar Chase, but the Browns don't have Denzel Ward and some others, you know, good players, Wyatt Teller. The Bengals don't have DJ Reader and Josh Tupa. It's a, lot, it's a mash unit out there, but uh, Bengals have Joe Burrow, though. Maybe that's why I should focus on Joe Burrow versus Jacoby Brissett. All right, let's get back on track here. Michael on YouTube, Northwestern, Indiana, and Maryland will get that running game going. <laughs> I agree with that. That'll get them some momentum going into the Michigan game. That's the thing. We have to remember. I mean, we said it all offseason. Penn State was going to be a tough game, and then it is. We can't sit here and act like we're totally surprised. Yeah, I'm frustrated about some stuff. Yeah, you guys are frustrated about some stuff. Jay Book was frustrated about some stuff. We're all frustrated about some stuff, but um, I do want to stress beating Penn State by 13 in their house, especially when you had to show some grit to do it, that's a good win right there. Again, I love the question asking what grade would I give it. I give it a B. I'm not going to give it an A, but I'm not going to give it a C and overreact. Okay. It was a solid win. It was a B. If at home, I wouldn't give it a B, but at, even at noon, I mean, that was a great environment there. They get after it. They get after it. And as soon as Ohio State gave away momentum to start the second, that was a huge, huge momentum shift. We went, we went over that earlier, a huge momentum shift. Ohio State really had a chance to put their foot on their throat and never let up. It's 10 nothing going into the second quarter. First play of the second quarter, it's third and inches. Instead of doing a QB sneak, Ohio State hands the ball off to Travion Henderson. Not only doesn't he get it, he gets knocked backwards for a loss. Then they punt, and then you know, then Penn State gets the long touchdown off the missed tackle, the combined missed tackle from J.K. Johnson and Tanner McAllister, and then it's game on. So I give Ohio State credit for showing some grit and winning a game against a good but not great Penn State team, but in one of the toughest environments in college football. And Penn State looks at Ohio State as their main rival. So, um, again, I'm comfortable giving that a B grade. Curious to hear what you guys, some of you guys think about that. You, how, what grade would you give it? You give it a B? Uh, would you give it an A just because any win in Happy Valley is an A? I, I'm here for that argument. I don't want to hear C because I thought about that. But, like, I can't go there because I think you got to give Penn State some credit. you got to give the environment credit. you got to give the way they look at Ohio State as their main rival credit. And Ohio State still won this game by 13 points. So I don't want to hear C. I could probably, if you, I, I, you want to tell me A minus, I could probably get down with that. I could probably hear that argument. At least, at least I want to hear why you'd give it an A. I want to hear why you'd give it an A. Connie says B. Bilal says an A. I want to hear why it's an A, though. I want to hear why. Why do you think it's an A? Just because any win in Happy Valley is an A? That's fair. Brad, they saying B minus. A win's a win. I almost said you said B minus and then an A. I got you. B minus, period. A win's a win, but left with more questions than answers. That's kind of what I said earlier. I have more questions about this team entering the game than I than I thought I would, okay? But it's not like crazy. So I give it a B. B minus. You might be more on point with a B minus. JT should be talked about. Oh, we've talked. I, I, I led the show with him. This was his game. This was the JT Tuimolo, I'll show. Vonnie on Facebook saying, I would give Ryan Day's play calling a C. That might be being generous. Just the, the overall. Thanasi on YouTube, B plus all day. I'm liking all these, all these comments. <laughs> JT gets an A plus, 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 plus. Yeah, that's true. Joey on Facebook, B plus for fighting back in the defense. Urban's Urban Legend 187 on YouTube is, uh, is is flipping it a little bit. Defense A, A minus for the defense, C plus for the offense. 
Yeah, so like B overall. We are congruent. Sean, defense B plus with the turnovers. Offense B minus. All right, I think we're all like, yeah, we're basically all in, in agreement here. Roughly, right? We'll take it. Brad, the Ohio State game is always Penn State Super Bowl. It is. They look at Ohio State as their main rival. We talked about it all week. We talked about it all the time. Every year they play, we talk about it. It was the only Big Ten team for years that they shared a state, a state border with. You know, you know the crossover games when they were doing like the protected rivalries or whatever, it was always, you know, Ohio State would always play, you know, Michigan, obviously, and Penn State. Those are the two teams they would always play. So Penn State was always playing in Ohio State. And they would look at Ohio State as their main rival. They still do. And Ohio State being the big dog in the conference um, adds to that. You add it all up. I mean, Penn State gets up for Ohio State. Ohio State's now won six straight against Penn State. The average margin of victory coming in was seven. So what's that go up to? Like eight now? It went by this one by 13. So now like the average margin of victory is like, like 8.2 or something like that. Uh, I'm trying to do the math in my head. So you win six straight, but every, you know, it's like by an average of eight points, basically. I mean, give Penn State credit. And give Ohio State credit, survive in advance. I mean, there, it, you know, there was a time there in the fourth quarter where we're like sitting there like, are they even going to win this game? So, I mean, they're trailing 21-16. And, and then they go on a run there. Four touchdowns in, uh, in six minutes and, and just completely uh, take control of the game. So that was fun. I'm looking forward to re-watching the game. Looking forward to uh, watching some other college football um, and getting some work done for the site. Um, love this podcast. Appreciate you guys joining me. Um, really really appreciate you guys joining me i know uh you probably you know, maybe you have me on the background and you have college football on i don't know i i don't blame you for that but uh appreciate all you guys tuning in we've had a, a very big audience here and uh thank you so much really really appreciate that thank you to jonah booker for dropping in great hearing from jay book he always comes strong always my guest on the friday bucknuts morning five and uh great that uh Jonah was willing to hop in here and share his insights after the game. Um, also, thank you to Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon. Great hearing from them live from Beaver Stadium. So, Buckeyes, there we go. 8-0. They beat Penn State 44-31 despite trailing in the fourth quarter. Second time this year, the Buckeyes trailing in the second half and win a game. Notre Dame and now Penn State showing some grit. Um, yeah, I would prefer if every game was like a blowout, right? But I think this might come back to, to pay dividends. We'll see. Maybe that's spin doctoring. Um, again, I mean, there, there are, there's a lot of things that I'm frustrated about, but, um, bottom line, I give this win a B, like I said, and, uh, and that's, that's, that's the biggest thing you have to, there's going to be, we just have to look at the 2002 team to know this or the 2014. I mean, the 2014 team lost to Virginia tech, the 20, the 2002 team, I mean, they, every game was close. I mean, there's going to be tough games and um, you know, bottom line is they won at Penn state. So uh, I'll take it. And then some, thank you so much to all of you for tuning into the show. Thank you to J book. Thank you to Patrick Murphy. Thank you to Steve Hellwagon. And again, again, thank you to all of you. I am Dave Biddle. Thanks for joining me for what we learned live. I will do a written version of what we learned for bucknuts.com on Monday. Again, Thanks to all of our guests, and thank you to all of our listeners and viewers. I appreciate it very much. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their evening. Thanks again.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.